The Koffler Gallery is proud to present the world premiere of a heart-wrenching and fascinating exhibition, The Synagogue at Babinyar, Turning the Nightmares of Evil into a Shared Dream of Good, opening on the eve of Yom HaShoah, April 17th, and running until November. The multidisciplinary exhibition tells the bittersweet story of the Babinyar Synagogue, which stands on the grounds of the first large-scale massacre of the Holocaust in 1941. Experience the full historical, political, artistic, and spiritual context of this incredible monument for the first time. The exhibition is free of charge. To learn more, visit KofflerArts.org. Hi, Avi here. As our regular listeners may know, on Sunday we hosted a live taping of Bonjour Chai at Congregation Charshamayim in Montreal as part of their day of learning about the future of Judaism. It was a great event, and we thank the congregation for hosting us and the listeners who came out to hear it. For this week's episode, we wanted to give those who couldn't make it the chance to listen into that amazing event. We hope you'll join us at the next one. This is Bonjour Chai, the Chabad to the Bone edition. I'm Avi Feingold, live in Montreal at Congregation Sharshamayim's day-long conference on the future of Judaism, and I'm here with my guest host for the day, Rabbi Shmuley Weiss. Hello. On today's show, we will talk about Chabad. What's their secret sauce? Are there opportunities and challenges? What are they for a global movement? So this topic came about because we recently featured Samuel Heilman on the show, which you can go back and listen to. The episode is called The Chabadification of Judaism. And we had a number of people comment on the show and figured that having a second part on this would be, would be a good idea. And so one of the people who actually commented and contacted me was Shmuley Weiss, and he agreed to come on and be part of this discussion. Shmuley is the rabbi of the Ror Chabad House at McGill University, and while he is not the official spokesperson for the Chabad movement worldwide, he certainly has n- enough knowledge and wisdom to share with us. Shmuley, welcome to Moshe Chai. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a real, real honor to be here. Yeah, it's, it's strange actually to record on a Sunday. I don't usually record on a Sunday. Um, how, how was your Shabbos? It was uh, quieter than usual, um, being that the, you know, school's over. So it's a little, we call these the summer Shabboses. But the times, you know, usually it's not the craziness of the regular, uh, regular school time. So you sort of get to know the students a little, a little bit deeper because it's just let them, physically less people. You know? What does a typical Shabbat, when students are around, look like from your perspective? So Friday night, we have about between 100 to 150 students, sometimes more depending on if there's a unique, a unique um, Shabbos going on, a theme Shabbos or speaker or something like that. Um, we've had over 200 on Shabbos um, in the past year. Um, that's Friday night, and it's like, you know, we, we have a big minion, and then after the minion, you know, everybody chooses the daven. Obviously, sometimes you go upstairs to the library when there's too many people, and we have a big meal, and usually it fu- ends up turning into a fabregan, where everybody sits around, we sing songs, we chat, we learn some Torah, we study, uh, we say Hasidic stories, and that's a Friday night. Yeah. Does it feel like work for you? I think that's one of the things that people don't realize, that for, for rabbis, uh, Shabbos is a work day. Uh, my father always jokes around. I got a son-in-law who uh, works on Shabbos, you know? <laughs> my wife used to say this Wednesdays was her day off. We were living in Chicago. She used to call herself a Wednesday Adventist. Yeah. That was her thing. You know, actually, when I first came out to Montreal, I used to do that. I used to take up, you know, it was so busy. Besides for Shabbos, every day of the week, I used to take up like three, four hours on, on Wednesdays or Thursdays. I think it was Wednesday, just for myself. I would learn. I would just relax. 
And then over the last few years, it's, it's, I, I can't even do that. It's, 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 uh, Chabad has, has exploded. That I don't even have those three, four hours to uh, be able to. Uh, but Sunday, I always take, Sunday's always my kids. The whole Sunday and Shabbos afternoon, I dedicate 100% to my kids. I go home from Shabbos afternoon, whatever, two, three o'clock, and it's my kids' time, you know? All right, so let's get into this discussion right after we hear from our sponsor. UJA's Walk with Israel is happening this Victoria Day, Monday, May 22nd. Join thousands of community members for the world's largest Israel Solidarity Walk, followed by an epic Israeli-themed beach party to celebrate Israel's 75th birthday. Get all the details by visiting walkwithisrael.com. This is our moment to unite as one strong and proud Jewish community, religious and secular, left and right, Jews and allies. Everyone belongs at the Walk with Israel. Register before May 19th, and if you use the promo code CJN, you can save 10% on all Walk Bundle packages. To register, visit walkwithisrael.com. All right, so I want to preface this discussion by noting that, you know, there might be disagreements, there might not. We agree on a lot of things, we disagree on some things. Um, any disagreements that we might have uh, are a machloket l'shem shemayim. It's a term that we use in the, in the rabbinic world. It's an argument for the sake of heaven. Right? Shmuley and I like each other. We're friends. We, we were okay. We're gonna have. We promised. He wanted to bring a bottle of whiskey while we're gonna for, for today to, to, to have a little bit of a yeah. So let's 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 leave the recording clean and we'll go back sometime later today or this week or whenever and we'll have a little time together. Um, I like you. I respect it. I hope that's the same for me too. I hope you like of course, me. Of course. Okay. At the time of year that we are right now, um, it's important to stress that, you know, Lagbaimer, this is Rabbi Kino's story of, uh, you know, not uh, giving honor to one another. And it's a special time to actually sit down with people that you don't necessarily uh, agree with everything and, 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 and find, find uh, bridges, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's an important time of the year. I, I also want to state that I don't think it's productive, that we're, we're going to kind of bracket one of the big elephants on the table, on the, in the room, whenever you talk about Chabad, is this idea of Mashiach, it was the Lubavitch Rebbe, the Mashiach or not. I don't want to get into any of these messiness discussions. There's a lot of that discussion already online, not just with Shmuley, but with many, many other, many, many other people. Um, if you really are concerned that Chabad is messianist and thinks that the seventh Lubavitch Rebbe was the Messiah, that he never died or that he died, he's going to be resurrected, you know, there are many Chabad Hasidim that strongly disagree with that. Um, they think it's completely untrue. And if you are concerned with it, just go and ask your local Chabad individual. If you're concerned that that's who they are, ask them and they'll tell you. And I think we're at the point where people don't deny these things or discuss it. So we're not going to discuss that tonight. Okay. I want to start by asking you, what do you think Chabad does well that other Jewish groups don't? That's a... That's a very uh, interesting question. Wow. I only ask interesting we're questions. Going, we're going straight, <laughs> they stitch straight for the kishkis. Listen, I, you know, I, I don't like talking about other organizations. So that's so what I, your organization, I, yeah. what do you guys do well? So I, 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 you know, I, I like, I, I want to highlight some of the things that I sort of, in my mind, um, see Chabad um, excelling in, and, and hopefully people learn from it is the, the number one thing that I, that I would say is a strong suit of Chabad is Mesir Snafesh. What does Mesir Snafesh mean? Mesir Snafesh means self-sacrifice. People may think a Chabad rabbi moving to an island, uh, I don't know, the Caribbean, or uh, some island off of, uh, 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 of uh, Colombia, you know, it's, it's the, the novelty wears off very fast, 
and it's truly a self-sacrifice, and it, and self-sacrifice for the Jewish people, for the for the love of a fellow Jew, is so deep that they were they, they are willing to go out and, and and sort of bring Judaism to wherever somebody needs it, and I think that's a very unique thing. Um, we could talk about where that comes from and how it develops, but I think not, not to say that other organizations people don't have a nefesh. I think anybody who's in the Klikaydish, Klikaydish meaning in a holy work, as a rabbi, as a, as a, as a, as a teacher, they, they all have Mr. Stafford self-sacrifice because it's not an easy, it's, not, it's, not, it's definitely not an easy job. But I think there's, a, there's something to be said about, when you see the shluchim and how they operate with a smile, and not only the rabbi, but the rabbitson also. I can tell you, I'll you know, be the first to say that, uh, you know, not most of the success of Chabad of McGill has has a lot to do with my, 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 my wife Rashi, couldn't make it today, but it's it's a team effort. And it's not only the rabbis or the guys that are having the self-sacrifice. Yeah, we're gonna go out and we're gonna build a Chabad house in Timbuktu or something, or we're gonna go out to Montreal, McGill University, right? It's also a lot of the, the, the rabbitsons and the, the wives of the shluchim that really not only take a, a leadership role, but are just as, have just as much of, a, of that that drive and the self-sacrifice and that love for the fellow Jew as as the rabbi. And I, I see it in my own life and I see it in my friends' life, lives that they're, they're on shlichus and, and you know, it's, it's not even a question in my mind. So it's interesting, I, um, it echoes, but in a very different way, one of the uh, comments that we got after our, this first episode was that uh, one of the people that wrote in said that Chabad is so good at relationships. Right. I had a bar mitzvah to shul. I went there for 20 years, and I don't think the rabbi can pick me out of uh, a lineup, a police lineup, anywhere. I couldn't pick me out of anything. The Chabad rabbi, the first week we moved into a new neighborhood, he was there in the first week. He was, you know, invited me for a Shabbos. He always knew who I was. He was always good. The Chabad has some of the, uh, the best customer service, the best relationships that you possibly have because they actually believe in it, right? So what you see as Mesiris Nefesh, what you see as this idea of, like, I'm, I'm giving of myself. No, you, you understand that relationships are at the core of what humanity is about, and you say, you know what, there are people in Belize, there are people in, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, in some town in the Central Europe that doesn't have uh, somebody to have a relationship with as a Jew, I'm going to go there and have a relationship with them as a Jew. As a deeper, as a, through Avas Yisrael, through love, through, through a love of whatever Avas Yisrael means, it's an expression of Avas Yisrael. Mm-hmm. If it's important for me, then it's important for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. So I want to add one little thing. I actually think that, and uh, when 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 Jewish communal professionals talk to, amongst themselves, you often hear this. And I'm curious if if what they say on the other side, from the Chabad side, Chabad probably has one of the greatest marketing teams and campaigns across the world, like of any Jewish nonprofits, even non-Jewish nonprofits, right? That the marketing that Chabad manages to do to get the message out of what they do and how they do it is probably world class. What do you mean by marketing? Like, as in, as in, the rabbi, uh, not rabbi, moving to a city and sort of getting his message out, or you're saying global? Like, when you open up Instagram, you open up Facebook, all of the above, all, all of the above. The fact is, is that you know, if Chabad is a, if Judaism is a product, the best salesmen, right, the ones who have the best able to get them get out to the market and get people to buy their product is Chabad. I'll tell you, I'll tell you something very interesting, and. 
Um, I, I, get, I don't know if it's the best. And some of it is slick visuals, yeah. and some of it is great teaching I, materials, maybe, and some of it is just this relationship. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to measure the best or not best, but I can tell you, I have, a, I have an extremely important memory of my childhood. It was Hanukkah, Hanukkah, 19, either 1991 or 1990. I don't remember the year. The Soviet Union had just fell, mm-hmm. and they were doing something called Hanukkah Live, right? Mm-hmm. Hanukkah Live. I didn't really understand what it was. I was a kid, but the whole community, I grew up, I, for, for those of you who don't know, I grew up in Los Angeles, California. So we all went to the main Chabad house in Los Angeles, California, which is in Westwood, uh, Gailey Avenue. And there was a huge truck. I think uh, I, I think it was there. Again, I don't know. I, I think it was there. I don't remember exactly. But in fact, there was a truck with a satellite. The huge satellite on it, mm-hmm. right? And we get it there. I was like, yeah, so it was a event, the Hanukkah event, right? What was it? It was basically in New York, that the Rebbe, the Rebbe in 770, Eastern Parkway, his, his shoulder, main center. We're in Quebec, we say 770 we. 770 we, <laughs> right? And, and basically, through satellite, they connected a bunch of communities. So you had Russia, which I remember, I remember seeing Russia. It was like so, like you hear about Russia, it was like, Foreign, right? There was France, the Eiffel Tower. I remember the Eiffel Tower being lit, you know, the menorah being lit over there. And you had Israel. I think you had Australia. I don't remember all the different countries that it had. There was some countries were featured, some countries were not. But the Rebbe used this at that time. There was no streaming. There was no internet. There was no live. There was not nothing of this. But the Rebbe agreed to allow this idea using technology for what? For Pearson, for the for spreading Judaism. And I think this idea of marketing, and Chabad, you have Chabad.org, Chabad.org is from Ferdinand. He's my brother-in-law's shul in Stanford, Connecticut. Uh, he runs Chabad.org. Um, what's his name? Uh, Shmutkin. Uh, Shmutkin, exactly. Yeah. So, so it, it, talking about the, the marketing was, is because the Rebbe truly believed, the Rebbe spoke about it by, by Chabad, by Chabad mm-hmm. that anything the Abishter, all technology that God sort of you know, allows the you know to exist in the world. We have to be able to use for kedusha for holiness. So I think Chabad is good at marketing is because they were always first to use these things. Well, at least in the Orthodox world or in the you know the ultra Orthodox world, they were never they were never afraid of engaging with uh, you know having a satellite a hookup with all these different. And there was a you know hookup means there's a television, right? Hookup means you know. So I think that. The marketing is because it's, we've been doing it for so long. We engage with it and see how can we use this tool for Kedusha, for holiness, and we jump on it. So it could be that we're good at it, or we're early at it, or we just, you know, out of the head of the curve. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. How to... Sure, no, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense, that uh, because you're not willing to cut out certain things, and you're willing to say, I'll, I'll use any tool available to get a Jew to have a good relationship with me, with whoever that me might be, that's a, that's a, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, what do you think aside from that? Because that sounds like a huge part of it. Yeah. But, you know, when I was growing up, Chabad was not the level that, that it is now. I grew up in Montreal in a fairly uh, big Chabad community, but Chabad meant there were people that were Chabad Hasidim. They, were, they would go to the visit the Rebbe, and uh, that was it. You didn't have Shluchim at this global level the same, uh, 30 years ago, let's say, than you have now. What do you think caused the, um, the, the rapid rise, the, the, the unbelievable? Uh, juggernaut that became Chabad globally for the past 30 years, aside from just the, the need to use any message possible or any, any way to get that message across? Um, 
A very good question. Again, I don't, I don't know if I have the, the magic bullet to give the answer to, to uh, what exactly, what this, uh, you know, you know, how Chabadists exploded. But first of all, there's very, there's natural growth, right? Mm -hmm. On a very simple level, there's natural growth. Meaning, you know, 1950, there was X amount of Chabad families living in New York, and X amount of Chabad families living in Montreal, and X amount of Chabad families living in in Israel, mm -hmm. and that was it. I mean. My family's from Los Angeles. My, you know, my grandfather became a Chabad Hasid. He wasn't a Chabad Hasid before, and he became a Chabad Hasid because of a, you know, he got trapped the Chabad, became a Chabad Hasid. And now, Los Angeles has one of the largest Chabad, and I don't mean shluchim, I don't mean like yeah. centers. They have a large, so there's, there's that natural growth aspect, so more Chabad. But that, that, to be fair, that's where Sam Haman actually, I think, yeah. does have a point yeah. that the number of, of actual Chabad Hasidim has not grown that much. But the, the massive growth globally is much more about Chabad houses and about reach than about the, the pure numbers. Crown Heights, which may be, may be ground zero for Chabad Hasidim, is a lot of Chabad Hasidim, more, more than there was in 1970. Yeah. But, but if you compare that to the, the, the image that Chabad presents on the world stage, yeah. there's not that many more Chabad Hasidim than you would expect from, like you said, from natural growth from any other Hasidic group. Well, or any well, other well, well there's a lot. I mean, again, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I can't even know the numbers, but there's a lot. You know, there's definitely a lot more than there was in 1970. Mm -hmm. So just by the mere numbers and more, there's going to be more people. Um, you got to send them to more places in the world yeah. than they're going to be. Exactly. Yeah. Right so that, that, that's, that's one thing. And, and, and it's a very interesting thing to talk about how, you know, the Rebbe was a very interesting leader, right? And specifically, a, a very interesting Jewish leader. Very unique. And not only, I don't, and even a Hasidic leader, in a sense that. You have a lot of um, you have a lot of uh, Hasidic rabbis, and this is going back for generations, right? That they made you have something called takados, right? They make rules, or they make you know this is what it means. This is what it means to be uh, 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 you know this type of Hasid. This is we follow X A B C. Besides for being a from yid, In addition, we have X Y Z, right? The rabbi never told anybody. You have to go on shluchas. The Rebbe never said that, right? Very interesting. The Rebbe, oh, you know, the Rebbe spoke for thousands of hours publicly. You have forty volumes of his edited talks, meaning talks that he actually mm -hmm. edited on the revealed parts of Torah, right? Mm -hmm. That means Talmud, Shulchan Aruch, Medrash. Uh, then you have, uh, you know, five, six volumes of just his, his Jewish mysticism, right? What people don't realize is. Most of what the Rebbe did was teach Torah. The Rebbe was teaching, they were publicly teaching. And it's actually an interesting story. The, there was a very famous Askin, and Askin is a community leader for Agudas Yisrael. His name was Chaskel Besser. Mm -hmm. He's very famous in, in, in the 70s. Agudas Yisrael is an is a, uh, organization in America, worldwide, I guess, not only in America. And he was, a, he was one of their main Askin. And the Rebbe was talking about their, their main community. Um, you know, leaders. And the Rebbe was talking about something specific um, on Shabbos of the Fabregan. The Rebbe was, was a particular issue that was going on in the Jewish world. And he actually was one of the few people that had an open door policy with the Rebbe. I don't, I don't know why. He was able to go in and in and out anytime he wanted. And he told the Rebbe, I don't understand. Why are you screaming at Fabregan about this particular issue? Get some mascara, get some. Your community leaders tell them to do the job and get the job done. So Rebbe told them that everybody knows 
that I don't work with Askar. Why? Because nobody will ever able, nobody's ever able to say, the Lubavitcher Rebbe told me to do this in, in, you know, in, a, in a private meeting, and that's what I have to do. Never. The Rebbe said everything he wants to do in public. Where did he say this? He said this in all his talks. I mean, the Rebbe, the Rebbe sitting on Shabbos and talking about the greatness of, of, of how great a mitzvah is, and when a Jew engages in a mitzvah, how you reveal God in the world, and all these things. And, 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 and the ultimate the, the outcome of people standing there is, this is so important, I have to go out, and, and, and it's important for me, so important for me, it's important for another year. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the famous, everybody sees the mitzvah tanks that go around in, in Manhattan and all over the world. The Rebbe never told anybody to make a mitzvah tank. The Rebbe, before six day, went a whole story about the, the, the film campaign. The Rebbe spoke about how important Tefillin is, how it's a shmirah, you know, for the, uh, was, uh, you know, the Rebbe quoted the Pesach in, 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 in the Gemara about how Tefillin, you know, is a, the, the, row, uh, the nations of the world will see you and they'll be scared. Is that Tefillin Shal Reish? Is that you know, the, the, the Tefillin of the Reish? The Rebbe said this is a school to help out. So the Rebbe never said go to Manhattan and start putting on Tefillin people. The Rebbe said, and we have to go and put on Tefillin people. So what happened was a bunch of people got together, it started off on Eastern Parkway, actually, by the train station. We'd like to put on film. And there's a development. Of course, the Rebbe was very happy. And there, once it happened, the Rebbe was, this is, you know, a good thing. But the Rebbe never told people, hey, I want you to do this, I want you to do this. The Rebbe spoke about it, in a sense, in a, in, almost like in a spiritual level, almost in the, of course, mm-hmm. in a Torah way, mm-hmm. through Torah, and then the ran with it. Sure. So, so I, I think the growth is that, you know, people go through the system, the Chassidim are, are, are studying the Rebbe's Torahs, the Rebbe's teachings. And it, this is so important to the world, so we, the message is, is very important. And, and the, the, the longer, the more terrorists the war, the more they print it, more people learn it, the more they're taught, I think more people are inspired to go on shlichus, to go out into the world. While it was, while, you know, they're, they're, it's not necessarily a natural, necessarily a natural growth so much as, as, as the shluch, as but more people, Berkeley, you see, more, more young people per capita are going on shlichus now then in, in 1970, because the inspiration is, is, is that much more, that much more, and that's what more studied, that's what more learned, that's what more talked about, that's what more visualized. So I think that's... Uh, Do you think that um, the Hasidim of the Rebbe now, right, so the, yeah. the people that are out there, these shluchim, the, the, yeah. the emissaries, do you think that um, they, the, the Torah that's being presented is always the uh, the Torah of Chabad Hasidus, or do you think that there is right, uh, my contention? I'll yeah. tell you one, one of my one of my things that I've always thought about, and I have a lot more issues with uh, people who buy who, who who I can get I have a lot fewer issues with Chabad in general than than people think that I do. But uh, one of the things that I think about that I always feel is that sometimes Chabad um, doesn't always present the Torah that is normative within Chabad. Right, present the ideas that are very normative within Chabad, they don't necessarily present them to the general public, right? Because they, there's an understanding that some of this Torah isn't necessarily going to win us people who are going to come and listen to us more. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give a classic example, right? I think that uh, there's a famous letter from the fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe that, the, about be, that was very, very anti-Zionist. Not just a Zionist, that was very anti-Zionist. And I think that the majority of people that go to Chabad houses don't realize how much um, current Chabad 
thinking still is very much in line with that. That, that Chabad, not to say that Chabad is against Israel as a country, as a, as a, as a land, but Chabad as a, uh, the Zionism as a secular state, the idea that, like, that we believe in a nation of Israel that was captured by Jews, by humans, right, with the, with the assistance of God, because clearly it was a miraculous thing, right, and, and we have a state that we believe in and we're Zionists, right, that Chabad doesn't really buy into that as an example. Right? And then when you say that the anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism, there's a lot of Jews that are anti-Zionist that are very quiet about it, and namely most Chabad Jews are probably in that line. That's just an example, right? I, I think it's a very, very good question. It's an important question to discuss. But I'll throw a question back at you. Mm-hmm. When you I'm sure you invite people over for Shabbos yep. that, to your house sure. that don't know much about Torah. Mm-hmm. When you walk, when they walk in the first time to your house, do you tell them, do you tell them somebody's if, if you violate the Sabbath, you're going to die. Are you gonna right? die? Is that the first thing you tell them when, you, when they walk into your house? No, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't not tell them if they asked me. They, if, if they came up to me and said, you know, listen. But but I also believe that nowadays, yeah. if somebody violates the Shabbos, right? There's no mechanism in place no, no, that's no, going to kill them. No, of course, of course, of course, that's, <laughs> no, of course. But, you, but the difference right? is, is that Chabad actually no, 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 enthusiastically no, no. believes that no, 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 Zionism no, no, no. as a state so, is... So let me, let me unpack what I, mean, what I mean to say. What I mean to say is that there's a Pasuk in the Torah, there's certain ideas in there, of course there's the mechanism today, because we have no Sanhedrin, and of course even what it says in the, Sanhedrin, in the Gemara, Gemara Sanhedrin, that if a Sanhedrin did put somebody to death, uh, you know, it, it went more than one in seventy years. It was a bloody Sanhedrin, and and if you each, if you actually learn the Sech the Sanhedrin, the, the Talmud tract Sanhedrin, and you see how almost impossible it is actually to act, you know, to uh, you know, to you know, fulfill this pasuk. Um, it, you know, it, it's almost impossible. But nevertheless, the pasuk says isyumos. So it's not the first thing you can say. Why? Because there's a lot more important things discussed before you get to that that question. I of think, course, I think well, a lot of Jews would, would, no, no, would no, no, find no. it as a very important statement. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to address it. No, I'm going to address it. I'm going to address it. But, but, meaning we understand that there's that there's that there's ideas that you're not going to you're not you're not going to start with when you first meet somebody who doesn't know much about Judaism. So with that being said, understand me. I don't know of a Shliach, and I could be wrong. Again, I'm not a spokesman for Chabad. I'm only a spokesman for Shmuley Weiss. You know, Chabad Miguel has been the, the representative of Chabad Miguel. That if somebody asked him a straight up question, they would say something that's not true. But let's unpack what you're saying. It's a very, the Rebbe Rashad did write that letter, of course. And, and, and Chabad is, Chabad is, is a chain. And of course, you know, just like Pedro. Is says, I'm God, I don't change. Taylor is not going to change. The ideas behind Chabad uh, also don't change. But with that being said, right, you have to, we have to separate two ideas, right? And this is, I wouldn't say, Chabad is not anti anything, right? I wouldn't say that they're anti something, you know? Um, what Chabad, if you're talking about Zionism, right? So you have. Zionism, the idea of returning to Zion, we say three times a day, I tell them three times a day, right? That is, the Shekhinah should come back to Zion. Does a Chabad, would any Chabad believe, not believe that, that Eretz Yisrael, the land of Israel, is the rightful land of the Jewish people, it's the homeland of the Jewish people? Absolutely not. Every Chabad Chassid, and I think every Frum Yid believes that. I forget about Chabad Chassid. 
I think every Freudian would believe such a thing, right? So when you deal with political Zionism, the idea of political Zionism, you have to, everything has to be taken in the lens of history, right? It's an important thing to go back. You know, I love, you know, as a personal, I love history. And specifically, I love Jewish history. It's very important to look at this idea through the lens of, of history, right? What was going on when the Rebbe Rashad wrote that letter? What was going on in the Jewish community? What was going on in the early 1900s, and there was this big movement of Zionism, right? And the Goodness Yisrael was created, and the truth is, mm -hmm. the Rebbe Rashad, the first fifth Chabad Rebbe, was one of the people who started a Goodness Yisrael. Mm -hmm. And then after a while he said, no, he backed out. This is not, I'm not going to, uh, I don't want to, this is not, this organization is not necessarily for me, so to say. He's always sent representatives, but he stopped with him and, him, him and Chaim Brisker, famous Chaim Brisker, they backed out of Goodness Yisrael, right? For a lot of various reasons, again, we don't have the time to, to go through it, right? But, um, so, so, so you're talking about political Zionism, a from Yid, a religious Jew, a halachic Jew, his number one question is always, what does Torah want from me? What, is, what would Torah say about this, mm -hmm. right? And of course, and there was an argument. There was an argument between a lot of uh, Rabbonim at the time, what the right approach to this is, right? And some Rabbonim held that even though uh, political Zionism is, um, you know, it doesn't, mesh well with 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 Torah, the halach Judaism, and you know, but nevertheless, it's better than when we be there and try to you know and get involved and try to inspire mm -hmm. and and you know. But there, there, but there are many Jews that believe that it did mesh with halach Judaism. Uh, no, no, I get no, no, uh, that it was a hundred percent the this was what we should be doing as as Orthodox. Uh, I, I, uh, but but there was but there was a discussion, right? Sure. And there were some people that said this is not. Uh, as the, the, uh, the political Zionism that we're talking about in the state of Israel is not for us to get involved, right? And the Rebbe Shab wrote, you know, the famous thing says they took out the Be'er, Be'er Ha'akim Uchul V'Nachal Be'er Hashem. They took out the word Be'er Hashem. Be'er Hashem. So they wrote talk, talk that he said that they're, that they're trying to, they were trying to take away the Torah out of Eretz Yisrael. The Rebbe Shab, Fifth Chabad Rebbe said that's not, that's not what our Eretz Yisrael is. I mean, I'm sure everybody knows. I mean, I'm not a historian so, of Zionism, but, but you know, there was even a discussion not to make Israel in, in Israel. I'm not saying it was yeah. popular, but it was, but it was on the table. So that, look, that, that was not something that the Rebbe Rashad wanted to get involved with. He disengaged with that. And after 48, it's not, and after 1948, and after the, the you know, the state of Israel was, was created, the, the Friedrich Rebbe, the previous Rebbe, the Rebbe's father-in-law, didn't take the hard line that, we, that this is, you know, we have to fight this till, till, till the end. Well, this is, it happened. Yidin are, leaving, are, are, are moving here. And now we have to, now we have to engage with them, uh, engage with Yidin, as just like you would engage in Yidin anywhere else. And we have to try to influence them for the good. And, and, and even till today, Chabad does not take an official political stance anywhere in Israel, right? Yes, the, the political stance that, is, that Chabad takes is don't give away land. Because the Rebbe believed that was halach and shochumarach. It went back to shochumarach. You cannot give away land because it's dangerous for Jews. That's what the, uh, that's what the Rebbe believed, right? And that's what the Rebbe's shita, you know, the Rebbe's opinion on it uh, on was. Um, so, so to say that that that, that Chabad is anti-Zionist, it's, it, it's you have to understand what anti-Zionist is. They, 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 they love the idea that, that yeah. I think I think yeah. that what I would say is that yeah. it's still fair to say that yeah. Chabad um, doesn't want to have 
um, that doesn't really believe in the idea of a secular state within Israel, doesn't believe, meaning that there should be a government that is secular, that doesn't have purely a religious uh, basis to it, right, a theocracy, to, 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 to name it that way, and that if you have non-religious Jews that have a secular government yeah. of some kind, this is not a government that we necessarily believe in, and we only believe that the, the Mashiach is the only one that is going to come and bring Israel into our hands. Well, when you say you believe, we believe in it, what does it mean believe in it? Meaning, people in Chabad people, Chassidim in Israel pay taxes, Right. Well, it's, they, it's a good they, question. They, they pay taxes. Sandra Hasidim don't, no, right? Which is interesting, but they do. They pay yeah. taxes. I'll, I'll tell you something else, right? Out of all the Hasid, even even if you take all, take the ultra orthodox Jews, mm-hmm. right? That are that you would say are Zionists. Mm-hmm. You know that you would say they're Zionists. And, and, and compared to Chabad, mm-hmm. there's more Chabad Hasidim that go to the IDF than them. That then sure. How many yeah. Hasidim go to the IDF? How many bells of Chassidim are there? More now than there used to be, for sure, but, but that's it, for sure. But Chabad Chassidim, if somebody's not in yeshiva, they, they, you know, they, they, go, they go to the idea. So, so an Israeli citizen, I'm not talking about an American flying to, to the lone soldier, that exists also. It's, but but it sounds like what you're saying yeah, is yeah. that the fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe was wrong. No, Chas Shalom. But, but he, no. he said some things that were very, very, you know, anti-Zionist in the statement. Yeah. And there were things that, that, that he said that were actually proven wrong. Right, that, that this was never going to work and that the religious Jews are never going to really be part of this and it's never going to work. So, uh, but, uh, but at the end of the day, so, so there's still a lot of Chabad Hasidim that say, I'm not going to go against the, this Rebbe's argument. I, I don't no, want to no, dwell no, too it, much it, on it. Not but, to say that the Rebbe Shabbat is wrong. It's a very important thing. Not to say the Rebbe Shabbat. Normally Chabad would say the Rebbe Shabbat is wrong. But, but it, you have to look at the, how Chabad looks at, let's say, for example, the state of Israel. I live in Israel, I'm not going to pay taxes. What does that mean? I'm, I'm taking from them. I live, in, I live in Montreal, I don't pay taxes. We're not, I, because you're not a religious Jew, I don't have to pay taxes. I'm not going to insert a joke here about religious Jews and taxes. It's not fair. Or, it's not right. Or, or somebody, the <laughs> idea, say that I, say, say the idea is not protecting the most amount of Jews in the world. So it's not necessarily because the Rebbe Shab was against this. That means you, we're not. I mean, you, you, you know, you, I'm not going to help out to protect Jews because because everything they're doing is. is, is, is I don't believe everything they're doing. Do you, let me not, ask you. Let me ask you very quickly. wrong. Just, I'll ask you briefly yeah. in this way. When was the last time Hatikva was sung at Chabad houses, Miguel? What, what, why is Hatikva? What, what, why is Hatikva the measurement, the, the measuring stick of your support of Israel? It's, look, uh, it's, it's a the, pretty, it's a pretty strong measurement. Look, 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 Let me ask people in the audience here: look, Is Hatikva a pretty strong look, measurement of Zionism? Yeah. Well, well, I'll ask you: When was the last time at a Chabad house, at Chabad house, Miguel, that you gave a prayer for the government, for the success of the so, Israeli government? So, uh, look at look what the Rebbe did. The Rebbe sent right. The brightest, and the greatest, and the brightest to send to Tarchi uh, Sral to be shulchan to help out. Sure. The Rebbe sent his men. He could have sent them to That's Wyoming, fine. Texas. Sure, because shulchan there's a lot of Jews there. But where did he, he send? He said that there's, there's, there's a lot. Many nobody's Jews in doubting. Like I said, nobody's Rebbe, doubting that Chabad Rebbe, has a commitment and, to the land of Israel. Chabad, Kailu Chabad. Again, Kailu Chabad is the biggest, if not the biggest, one of the biggest charities that helps all Israelis. So to say. To say that Israeli that 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 Chabad is 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 not is is um, is disingenuous about how they 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 tell people about the state of Israel. I don't think that's I don't think that's also I think that's okay. a little unfair. I'll right. tell you why because we, we engage in, 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 with, with 
the people of Israel as much as we can. Respect them. How many, how many um, um, politicians came to the Rebbe, right? To get advice, to seek advice. How much time did the Rebbe give these politicians and, 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 and uh, you know, people that came to the Rebbe to, to encourage them in all the different things and whatever they yeah, asked I don't Rebbe. disagree. I so don't disagree. To but to, that that, you know, to say that it's anti-Zionist, what do you mean by Zionism? Is it anti-people that are against halacha? Yes. Okay. It's, it's Fair enough. Look, no, so they believe. I'm not saying that all. I'm not saying that everybody believes that Zionism is against Allah. I'm saying Chabad took a shita. Chabad took a position mm-hmm. back then, and they said this is our position. Just like I'm going to say, somebody, you know, it, it was it was a halachic question. To be fair, yeah. I don't think that it's a wrong. You're entitled. Yeah. Chabad is entitled to their position. Yeah. I just think that sometimes people aren't aware. Right? Here's here's another example. And this yeah. has nothing to do with Zionism. We can yeah. move on, right? Yeah. I think. That it's, it's to me, it's fairly standard Chabad Hasidic thought, right? Yeah. The Tanya ta- talks about this a lot, yeah. right? That the nature of a, of a Jewish soul versus a non Jewish soul yeah. is so is very fundamentally different. And then if you take two people, I don't know, Father John Walsh, you know, Father John Walsh, he was, a, he was yeah. as close to a tzaddik as you can get but by being a Catholic priest in Montreal. He spent devoted his life to helping people in Montreal. The, the, if you put him and you put Jeffrey Epstein, together and they're going to, to, to heaven, right? At the end of the day, the Jewish soul inherently puts a person at a higher level than a non-Jewish individual. The, the Alter Rebbe, when Alter Rebbe says that in time, the Alter Rebbe finishes off the parrot, the Hasidi Umasahilim are not like that. And that's, that's, that's actually not true. So you say, potentially, potentially, yes, the Jewish soul could, um, uh, but that has nothing to do with actuality. You mean the Hasidi Umus the, the You the have to be a special, like a Sumihara, no. in order to. If that. I'm not mistaken, the Rebbe said today, every single Gentile falls on the category of Hasidi Sumihara. Okay. I, 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 th- I, I, I don't want to misquote myself, but I, but today, clearly, how the Rebbe started the cam- campaign for Shavu Mrs. B'nai Noyach is because they believe that today we're in a state where the B'nai Noyach are already sure. in a, a set of, of Hasidi Umus But 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 let me uh, uh, let me. Um, what does the Torah mean, Bnei Bichayi Yisrael? The Torah, when you open up the Torah, it says, "You are my, you are my firstborn." What does the Torah mean when it says that? The Torah doesn't say that about the other sixty-nine people of Israel. Nations of the world. Yeah, I'll be honest. I will the world. So I'll, I'll, I'll ask you that question back. Okay. Please. When you when you open up a Torah, the Torah says, "Bnei Bichayi Yisrael, you're my kahanim, you're my firstborn." Mm-hmm. Doesn't that seem to be saying that that uh, that a Jewish person is? Is, so you is, want to ask me what I think about no, it? No, no, no. So, 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 so uh, what I'm saying is that the, the Alter Rebbe is not coming up with a fundamentally new concept that exists, that didn't exist in Judaism and is introduced in Tanya when we talk about the soul, a Jewish soul. This is, it, it's, it's, first of all, it's based on the, uh, things from the Maral, based on things from the, from the, from the It's based the on Kabbalistic approaches to the, the soul. From the Rambam, the Rambam sure. also, not only based on the Rambam, based on, on, on Balshantiv and, and the Magid, and also like, if, the same way you answer the question, or you cut, cut you, you guys are Mamlechus Kaihan, like we read in Barshish Yisrael, before the title was given, you can answer for the, for the Shaman thing. So I'm curious, how would you answer? So, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm a rationalist. Right, yeah. and this is where you know we can disagree because because yeah. you're uh, you're into the the hidden meanings of the Torah, and yeah. I'm, I I don't disagree, think that there's no hidden yeah. meanings in the Torah that there's no we don't know what uh, that there's nothing that goes on after you know we die that yeah. there's another world. I I'm one of those people that believes I don't know, so I don't like to speculate too yeah. much. 
because it's all speculation because I don't think that I have access to a lot of this information. I think that that's a strong way of approaching Judaism yeah. to be rational. So hold on, hold on. So if you ask me to... What does that mean? It means my son who is the my eldest, firstborn. my firstborn, but that doesn't necessarily be put you... I'm gonna be, so I'm going to be a nation of priests but that doesn't and, mean, and, and a holy nation, but that doesn't okay. mean that other people can't be holy. So, so I think, so if you ask me what I think yeah. it believes, so same, I think so that as a Jew... Same, you say the same thing about what Dr. Rebbe says in Tanya, about Hasidic philosophy. No. Which so, again, so. it's not only Hasidic philosophy. It's all... It comes from all the Hasidic. Arizal. A lot of Hasidic. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Arizal, I think that... I think what, what I'm trying to get yeah. at, so I didn't... You know, let me finish, yeah. is that I think that um, as a Jew, you may have a path, you may have uh, yeah. tools that enable you to attain a certain degree of holiness, but you have to earn them just like anybody else does. Right? So, that, so, that doesn't, but so I that think doesn't, that, the Hasidic that, that approach, the mystical approach is that the... That you already start on a higher plane. Well, that, that, well, I don't want to get too far into that it. That doesn't contradict what the, what the Hasidic thought is. Again, like I'm saying, it's not a novelty of the yeah. Hasidic. The Arizal says it. It's an optic Hasidus in general. Uh, it, it, of Jewish mysticism. Of Jewish mysticism. Okay, yeah, that's fair. But, but so, so you could say the same thing that potentially, right? Some, I, I, this is you know, a very bad muscle. I will give an example, I'll agree. But you know, I'm thinking on my feet right now, I gotta say. Um, but uh, uh, Olympian, take an Olympian, mm-hmm. right? Sure. You know, as they say, uh, you know, somebody who goes to professional sports. You got to be born with a fifth gear, mm-hmm. right? You can't, like, you know, as much as I, as, a, as a, like, I always joke with the students, as much as I always wanted to be the quarterback for the Oakland Raiders, I have never been able to be the quarterback for the Oakland Raiders, right? You got to be born with something special. I could have worked that my entire life. I could have done right, but let's say somebody has that fifth gear, that that special, that special it, right? They they could have, but they never worked in it. They never developed it. So they they never end up their potential. That's what it means. That's what these soul ideas means in the Shalom. It's Chasmus Shalom to say that by by, by and, uh, the the big the, the uh, I, 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 somebody who is a horrible sure. person who who hurt people in this world and just because he it automatically gets before somebody was you could consider Hasidi Musa'ilum, which Hasidi Musa'ilum is this the righteous of the nations. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not a Jewish I just thing. know I just know that yeah. in my experience yeah. growing up in, in with a lot of Chabad yeah. people around me and even to this day that that type of thinking led, whether rightfully or wrongfully, to a lot of people having a lot of racist and, and particularist ideas that were xenophobic, uh, basically by saying, oh, I'm a Yid, I have an Ashama, I'm a, I, have, I have a soul. This guy, he only has an animalistic soul. He's a non-Jew. He's not deserving of any real recognition because he has an animalistic soul. And I see that from a lot, not necessarily from a lot of shluchim, but I see that from a lot, the, the reality from a lot of people that I speak to from Chabad, Without realizing it, they come off as very but, but, but xenophobic as a result. To be fair, you walk into any uh, Litvishi yeshiva in Bnei Brak, they have the same mindset. They're not it's, the ones going out in the world no, and telling I'm, everybody to be no, Jewish. No, it's, they what, can, again, they're entitled to their opinion. No, no, but I'm trying, what I'm trying to say is that it's not a uniquely you, the, you, the, that that. The, the negative aspects of that could also come from reading a pasuk sure. I think it's that, not even, oh, my, sure. It's obviously not a right thing to. Well, right. I'll tell you straight up. Just because I, it's not, I believe that just because somebody is not a yid, they have no holiness and they have no, uh, they have no good in them. Okay. I would never say Fair such a thing. <laughs> and it's not something. And I, I, and I did not grow up much like this. And I was grew, grew up in a home like that. That's the way we spoke. So we talked. It doesn't mean that a yid doesn't have potential to be. Well, but that's not. But that's a Jewish idea. So I guess so what it comes down to, and this is yeah, a real. I, I, I get. I know exactly it's what you're a saying. Jewish idea. Absolutely. But I think that um, I guess what I, to take a step back from all of these points, the question that I have is, 
what yeah. responsibility? Because I think that different people have different approaches, yeah. and maybe that. What does Chabad think the responsibility is to present the particulars of Chabad, right, to the world when they're presenting Judaism, right? Because the way that I put it, and I, I've said this many, many times, and I'll gladly say it in a public forum, yeah. I think that the, the issue that I have is that Chabad presents a particular form of Judaism, but it presents it as Judaism, when in reality there are many multiple Judaisms, there are even many multiple Orthodox Judaisms, but when Chabad goes out into the world and presents Judaism to the world, it basically says this is Judaism without, without people realizing that there's open questions within Chabad about Zionism, about the, the nature of non-Jews, about various Hasidic ideas, about very particularistic things that many, many other observant Orthodox Jews don't necessarily present, don't believe in. Like, like, like I'm saying again, I don't think... So this, this, I, the question is, what's the responsibility of Chabad? So it's an open-ended question. I, I, I understand, but, but, but again, throwing the question back at you, mm -hmm. it's not, this is not a uniquely Chabad challenge. This is anybody that's going to go out into the world and wants to engage in the world for obviously good reasons. Nobody is moving to Timbuktu because they want to, um, you know, they want to mislead people on Judaism. So in that right? sense, you're 100% right. right. I so have so the so same little, question little, about outreach organizations so that are not so Salah. So, so, let, let me, so let, me, let me finish my point, right? So anybody who's going to, get, you know, you know uh, go out into the world to, to bring the beauty of Torah and Mitzvahs, which is that, that? Which is the only reason that they're doing it? Because of an Avas Yisrael, a love of fellow Jew, to, to bring. We know, we believe that this is the, the best thing for a fellow Jew to do to engage in Torah mitzvahs, right? Is you know, you know, anybody who's going to do that has that sort of that that um, challenge. Mm -hmm. And like I said, just like you, you're not going to, you're not going to. Um, First thing a person walks into your house, and I'm not saying you, because you're sitting next to me. Anybody sure, yeah. is not going to say, um, before somebody knows about the beauty of Shabbos, and the beauty of Kashrus, and the meaning of it, or even has learned any aspects of Torah, you're not going to tell them, you're not going to do that, because, because it, it's out of context. Right? So, you need the context. What you're saying so, is... So what, I, what I'm saying is that the fact that you're going to walk into Westbury, uh, you know, like you're saying, you grew up in Snowden, Mm -hmm. Right, the fact that you grow up in Stone and you hear one type of rhetoric, and you're going to go to Chabad House in in um, in Timbuktu, you hear a different rhetoric. It's not because it, it, it's not a conscious decision that right now Chabad we're going to hide something like this big bag thing. We're hiding something for the So I'm trying to figure it, out a better model yeah. for being able to present what I yeah. think. Because yeah. you're right, it's not about. I don't think that you're being malicious yeah. necessarily. Because like I said, I think you're. But but you see where the question lies for some people where they go and see this. I think the, I the think way. Responsibly... How's this for a model? Right. Yeah. We were talking about marketing before. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When you see an ad for yeah. marketing, right? Yeah. Uh, the, you don't get all of the things that are potentially possibility that are wrong. You don't get all the disclosures, right? Yeah. It's not like when you, you get your mutual fund and they tell you you have to read the full prospectus to know whether this is good or bad or whatever it is. You, get, you see an ad for Nike sneakers, yeah. running shoes, and they don't tell you in the ad, they tell you how amazing it is and how much it's going to make you run faster, but they don't tell you that every 400 kilometers, every 600 kilometers, you need a new pair of sneakers because they're going to wear out, yeah. right? And there's nothing wrong and they'll tell you about that. They'll say, look, that sneak, the nature of sneakers is that they wear out faster when they're running sneakers but they don't tell you that right away. So what yeah. you're saying is, is that the flip side of marketing, of having great marketing, is that sometimes you elide some things right away in order to get the better message out there. Yeah. But, but, I would, I, but I would, not exactly 100%, but I would say is that, I, again, like I'm saying, I'm only talking for myself, I'm, I, you know, of what I know. I can't talk for anybody I don't know. Right? Every shliach is, is their desire 
and their wish for every person they come in contact with is that they should grow in their Torah mitzvahs mm-hmm. and their own learning. We encourage study. We encourage individual study. We hack people crazy. Like I always tell people, like you know, I have this, uh, you know, there's all these different Shabbatons that go on all over, you know, all over, uh, you know, the world, and there's this program, and that, that program, and, you know, and, you know, many years ago, you know, sort of me and my wife were sitting down and sort of strategizing what we know. Every year we sit down before, during summer, like you know, what's going to approach to be this year? What are we going to, and what are we going to work on? I don't drive people crazy to go Shabbatons. That's not something that I don't know. I, I'm not, what? I drive people crazy to study Torah. To learn Torah. So I encourage for people to explore Chabad yourself. No, we're not hiding anything. The Rebbe, so 95%, should know. I, 95% of what the Rebbe spoke about was all Torah mitzvahs. I think you're don't 100% right. And, well, and don't to don't me, this, this goes to what I've spoken yeah. about in the past, about how the bigger issue that I have is not so much with Chabad for having good marketing and sometimes with marketing you you figure out what your priorities are and what your things are but it's the general community right when you have a leadership that basically goes and says oh Chabad's going to come in and do this for us and they're going to be free we don't have to think about it great let's go and do this without necessarily investigating and saying what is Chabad offering what's going on within Chabad that that it's a product and there's many other products available so so with all due respect that's Chabad that's shoulder. I said, that. I just yeah. told you, that's yeah. exactly what I just said. I yeah. said it's not Chabad's issue yeah. that they have great marketing and that the community is, yeah. it, it has chosen some oftentimes to sort of walk away from that responsibility to yeah. sort of say that's that. So, um, so that's a criticism, you say that's a criticism to the, uh, to the, the general the, community, the, absolutely, that they don't go to Chabad yeah. and say that. And, and, and yeah. I want to I wanna also I wanna, I wanna ask, uh, at one point, out of all, I think out of all the religious, you know, Organizations that work in, uh, in outreach and for that, for sure, all, for sure, all Hasidic groups. I know maybe art school more now. There's not a movement that has put put out more English books, more Spanish books, meaning in Torah. Sure, Torah. absolutely. We're trying to get the message that everybody that like sort of you're not we're not getting the full picture of what Chabad is. Go to the library. Sounds, like, go sounds, to like the book, sounds like the Book of Mormon, which gets translated into 150 languages also. I, no, it's, the, smart, it's smart marketing. No, no, yeah, absolutely. The, the point is, you want to know what Chabad is all about? Walk into any bookstore in Crown Heights. Sure. You have a thousand books in English. Yeah. You have a thousand books in... And it, for sure, we encourage even to study in the original text, right? What's... Like, I always tell my son, you know, I always... I speak to my son in Yiddish, and I, you know, I, I try to push him to, to make sure he knows Yiddish. I said, how are you going to learn the Rebbe's Torahs in the original... In the Rebbe's teachings, in the original, without speaking Yiddish. My daughter learns Yiddish also. Because uh, one is in Duolingo and the other one is in Yiddish theater. So yeah. that's how they, <laughs> so that's you what know they what? do. Your daughters are going to be able to study, to, absolutely. study the Rebbe's teachings in the original. Are you in the market for a new watch or a special piece of jewelry? Are you looking for the perfect engagement ring to pop the question? Atelier Lou has all this and more. Eric and the team at Atelier Lou can craft a piece for you, or you can select from some of the exclusive designers that they offer. From a simple bangle to a statement necklace, Atelier Lou can make you or your loved ones sparkle. Located in the heart of Westmount in Montreal or online at atelierlou.com, visit Atelier Lou for your next watch or jewelry purchase. And when you do, make sure to use promo code BON18 for 10% off your next purchase. That's atelierlou.com. 
Look, we can go on for so many more. There's many other points, but I want to be able to wrap it up yeah. uh, for the people that are here live and for the people that are, you know, that are used to getting yeah. their amount of Bonjour High regular. This has been wonderful. I wonder if you can stick around just for a minute. We like to uh, do our nachas of the week usually. Okay. Give something that feels good nachas. Um, is there anything that, uh, that's been happened this past week that gave you a little bit of nachas as a Jew that you want to call out in the... Uh, wow, I listened to so many things that happened. Uh, I figured I could put you on the spot. I wouldn't have to tell you in advance. You have something in your head. Right I, I, you know, I can, I'll, I'll tell you, I can tell you this. We just came back from Pesach. It was, you know, it's, it's almost shulish, but we feel like it's almost, Pesach was yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Pesach was always a very, very busy time in, um, in, 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 in Chabad Miguel. Many students need a Seder, and most of our clientele are not from Montreal. They're from out of towns. You know, they're McGill University, and they, 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 their community is oh, is you know, Chabad McGill, and it was very, very busy. This this Pesach more than any more than any other Pesach I, I've had in the last you know 15, 16 years I've been here, and the seders were beautiful, and not only not only the seders, but it was a lot of students signed up for the kosher for Passover meal plan, and I noticed that, and it was an increase. We're not talking about 10, 50. We're th- I'm talking about like 50, 60% more than last year. And I, and I, and I even looked, because I, 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 and, and, and I, I looked back to see the numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Sign up because they want kosher for, Pesach, uh, for, kosher for Pesach meal plan during the week. They can eat kosher for Pesach. And I was sitting, you know, with uh, the, you know, it's a good time to, to uh, engage with students to coming in, talking with them. And more than one student told myself and my wife, they said, you know, thank you. Because I don't know if I would have kept kosher for Pesach if you guys wouldn't be here. So it's always good. It's always good to hear good feedback. But to me, that's like okay, I'm actually making an impact. Beautiful. I mean, not only is you know you could have a product, but not everybody's going to take your product, right? But people are actually saying, you know what? Maybe I have an opportunity to uh, to eat kosher for Pesach. Let me go eat kosher for Pesach. Why not? So to me, that was uh, something very uh, beautiful, beautiful for, for myself. I'm going to call it something ritual also, but a little more recent. Um, for those of you who haven't yet seen the uh, Havdalah that was done last night by the chief rabbi of England after, his, um, uh, after the day of uh, the coronation day. He was at the, he was at one of the royal palaces that they put him up for Shabbos so that he could walk, and they put up a video of him doing the Havdalah with you know the entourage that was around. And it was a beautiful, beautiful moment, and I, I, Havdalah is one of my favorite rituals in general. Um, but go check that out because it's, it's a beautiful moment. They put it up on Twitter. Um, that was a great. I think it was just not only the chief rabbi Mervis in general doing everything on Shabbos, but that Havdalah I think encapsulated everything. That was going on. So that's my nachas for this week. You, you remind me of something that, if I'm not mistaken, when Menachem Begin went to Washington for the negotiations in the 70s mm-hmm. of King uh, David, he made Kiddush in the White House. Publicly. Like mm-hmm. He said he stopped on Friday night yeah, yeah. and he made Kiddush. The rabbi said that it was a Kiddush Hashem. He made a Kiddush Hashem. Literally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Literally. Uh, uh, he, he sanctified God's, God's name publicly by making stopping and he stops and makes Kiddush on Friday night. I, I think same thing. with was Pure Kiddush Hashem, uh, the Chief Rabbi of England, what he did. He, everybody Absolutely. knows that he walked, and everybody knows he stayed up in the, in the, in the palace, and he made Abdullah, it was pure Kiddush Hashem. Rishmuli, this was wonderful. Yeah. Let's do this again sometime. Yes. Anytime we have to do a Chabad, we'll, yes. uh, we'll get you, and then uh, I owe you a whiskey, and we'll, we'll do that on a Shabbos, or maybe even during the week, we'll figure that out. And again, Thank I, you again. I enjoyed this immensely, and like you said, everything's a little Thank you.
Thank you for listening to Bonjour Chai for the week ending May 14th Shabbat Parashat Behar Bechukotai. The show is produced and edited by Zach Kaufman and the executive producer for CJN Podcast is Michael Freeman. Our music is by SoCalled. We are a project of the Jewish Living Lab and are distributed by the CJN Podcast Network. You can listen to all our past episodes on our page at the cjn.ca slash bonjour and you can subscribe to the podcast and automatically receive all episodes on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We, we really would love it if you told a friend about Bonjour Chai. It really is one of the best ways that we get new listeners. As always, you can email us with comments at bonjour at the cjn.ca. I'm Avi Feingold. I'm Shirley Weiss. Thank you all for listening.